0: latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW.
1: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. We've got an interesting market. We've got some stuff to talk about today, including the debates last night. You know, the thing that kills me about the debates is that just as you get older, you see that politicians usually aren't ready for the very big concept of being president of the United States, leader of the quote unquote free world. I saw a lot of cheap shots last night trying to get votes things along the lines of saying, let's put Johnson & Johnson's CEO in jail because of the opioid crisis. Really? That seems odd to me. It seems really, really odd, and it seems very, how shall we say Chinese? Or Russian. When Johnson & Johnson's opioid issues were pretty small scale compared to other opioid creators and pushers. And again, put in jail. It's easy to take tax at CEOs, right? If you listened to the Democratic debates last night, you probably heard a pretty unmistakable message again and again and again and again. Twelve contenders going head-to-head. And one of the things that they went after, financial assets, People who have put money aside and invested are being targeted. It's the same reason for why Willie Sutton used to rob banks. He said, that's where the money is. (laughs) Right now you target people who have invested. Yesterday we talked about sin stocks. It's easy to go after sin stocks, isn't it? Dirty, filthy cigarette user. I don't feel bad that you're going to die and your lungs are going to be all black. The amount of taxes you pay will be will cover the Medicare cost of keeping you alive. Right? I think I'm getting we're the very, black lung, Bob. We're not a very nice society to sins, so if we could tax adultery, we would. I guess. Right, alcohol is easy to go after, so. Being a politician, it's really easy to go after the super rich. Because you're talking about one-tenth of one-tenth of a percent. And when you say that, you're like, whoa. Well, you have better odds of being in the at- than winning the lottery, right? Whoa. One-tenth of one-tenth of a percent of people we're, just, we're going after. And it makes for great, great headlines. When you talk about people clipping coupons... And uh, you're like, I used to clip coupons. I'm a, every person, but I, can't, I don't own stocks. Uh, slight stumble over his words. Former Vice President Joe Biden favored taxing capital gains at the same rate as ordinary income. Um, a lot of stuff gets thrown around. One possible winner should be tax-free municipal bonds. So, but I don't know. It was a pretty rough debate if you're pro-stock market. Because Senator Warren's coming out kind of in the lead at this point in time. And she would be, in theory, bad for the stock market. Leon Cooperman was on CNBC this morning saying that exact thought. He said the market would go down 25%. Now, part of my job is to to think about this and talk about it talk to people like cfp chad burton try to come up with some investment policy committee ideas that kind of make sense on what if you know it looks like biden and warren are gonna run for the democrats uh i could be wrong maybe there's a long way to go i'm definitely not politically smart nothing in my brain has uh anything in there tied towards politics um, home builder confidence hits its highest level in nearly two years thanks to lower mortgage rates. It's interesting, right? Low mortgage rates kind of means and implies the world economy is struggling. Retail sales unexpectedly decline and a sign that the consumer economy could be cracking. And homebuilders are like, woohoo, confidence is high because low mortgage rates. <laughs> low, more, low mortgage rates are telling us there's something bad out there. And the U.S. Retail Sales is telling us it's, it's it's not like roaring. It's not happy days are here again. It's not that. Uh, Bank of America, though, their shares are rising after the lender posted better than expected profit on retail operations. They're still a dominant company. And um, I don't own any shares of Bank of America. I could make a case for it. But there's a lot of stuff happening with cyber cash and uh, what's called fintech. But Bank of America, they do a pretty good job with their finan- uh, with their technology. You can call in and transfer uh, money from account to account with just your voice, and it recognizes your voice if you've recorded it for them. Like, that saves money. And again, that argues into the argument of how much do we pay people for Answering phones. Do we fight for a livable wage or we just take that job away from them and give it to technology and a robot? So, Bank of America's uh, done a pretty good job of pushing the tech. But see, in finances, I'm like, why own Bank of America when you could own Visa? I get the idea of owning a US bank. I get it. I absolutely get it. But if it's all about finances and transactions and loans, and what do you do when you get a mortgage? tend to pay it and you tend to use your visa card to go out and get paint and fix up the house and when the um, hot water heater goes you, you put it on your visa That an expensive summer a hot water heater blow and uh that was a good 12 hours of my time working on it my air conditioning blow uh, you can see kind of how my summer went, right? Uh, my shower. I, I, I can fix showers, but it takes time. So it uh, started leaking. Uh, finally got my toilet working. So I know you're saying you're a, you're, you're a busy man. How do you stay on top of the stock market? It's a good question. It's a good question. Doubts arise about Trump's claim of China's promise to purchase more U.S. farm products. So that deal wasn't that much of a deal. House lawmakers increased pressure on the vaping industry with two hearings on Wednesday. I guess... And again, I know you're saying, you're not very smart, are you? I guess history's gonna go down of anything warm that you put into your lungs is not good for your lungs. Right? Or is a puff of marijuana just... It's just one little puff, it's not like a whole cigarette... I don't know. I'm not going after you. But the vaping industry... Uh, Philip Morris had a, a bit of a head fake, right? Um, they invested big in Jewel, Big. Huge. Huge, I might say. So, Leon Cooperman sees one more leg higher before the bull market ends. Why do I listen to Leon Cooperman? I don't. But he's been around the stock market for 50 years. So, I'm going to say when he talks, I'm going to listen... And I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not in love with it. It's not my end all be all. He wears a horrible toupee for an old man who's totally bald. But he, he, he has a history with the stock market, right? 800
0: 516
1: 1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money invested, and more. a she's
0: making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. I truly mean that. One of the things um, that plagues me, and I'm coming, I'm not a good sleeper. I haven't been a good sleeper since I don't know, ten years ago or twelve years ago, somewhere around there. So one of the things I do is, and I was a bad sleeper as a kid. Like it's it just I've kind of got an insomnia thing at times. A lot on my mind, mind always moving. Got my mind on my money, on my money on my mind. Um, there may be some truth to that that you know thinking about money keeps me up at night because one of the things i do to fall back asleep and i i think this is pretty normal a lot of people watch tv to fall back asleep a friend of mine watches comedy central i'm like dude you're 50 years old he's like dude you're using the word dude and you're 50 years old i'm like dude (laughs) but he watches like the cartoon network comedy central's cartoon network or something like that and he, he watches cartoons and i'm like why because um, i th- I thought the high pitched voices would keep you awake and, but I, guess what I watch I watch sports center I hate sports I have no passion for sports i don 't have a a baseball cap that has a a team logo on it like th- that 's not my thing I could watch a good highlight and go well that 's certainly interesting that 's not going to kill me right um but 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 the NFL has this player this year who is kind of breaking through because another player kind of flopped. I think that's a pretty common thing. There's this guy on the Jacksonville Jaguars and Gardner Minshew, and he looks awesome. He's got a very 80s mustache. He wears a headband. Awesome. What man wears a headband that wasn't stuck in the 1980s Olivia Newton-John videos? I ask you that. So his name's Gardner Minshew. He's 23 years old. No one knew who he was before this year. He still drives a used Acura. His mother gave him when he graduated high school. I like stories like this. Do you see where I'm going? After one of the biggest games of his college career, the 2018 Alamo Bowl, where he led Washington State to a win over Iowa State, he received a $700 stipend to get home for the holiday break. I think that's kind of a normal thing; athletes do get some considerations, especially during the holidays. The dude got thrifty; he pocketed the money, he hitched a ride with a couple buddies in a car who drove from san antonio to watch him play i like that i don't know why i like that but it's kind of cool i like the way you say that he got a hundred ninety thousand dollar signing bonus because he wasn't kind of a hot commodity coming out of college he didn't sign a lease right away he got an apartment until he saw his name on the roster i like the way he's thinking it's like you have finished college and, you know, you're thinking about getting a job. But before you get a job, you're like, I, I got to get a nice set of suits. I got to get a new car. I got to, like, have a status, right? Wrong. You may not get said job. I used to wear the cheapest, cheapest suits I could find. Um, But I wore nice shirts. And I stayed in the shirt as often as I could, if you know what I'm saying. Nice work! Um... But so this guy gets $190,000 signing bonus. Instead of going out and putting it down on a house, he's like, I'm, I'm just going to do the apartment thing until I know that I've made the roster and that signing bonus isn't a one time thing. Now I'm getting paychecks. Um, so I kind of like that story. Nick Foles fractured his clavicle in the season opener. And Minshew stepped in. He played the last five games and hasn't disappointed. He's been rookie of the week twice and rookie of the month for September. He's going to make a little bit more money. But you know how much he's going to make this year? $495,000. Stop and think about that for a second. I think the average football career is like three years. And phew, it doesn't take you long to start thinking about like Fortnite. What's he going to do after that? And what's, what have you guys had? In, like, see, I playing football, you my thing. Unless you're going to be an, a star star. Money ain't that good, in my opinion. Now, again, when I turn away a $495,000 salary, it eh, doesn't impress me. Anyhow, that's Gardner Mitchell. Let's talk about Delta and the airlines. Delta Airlines was the first U.S. carrier to report third quarter earnings this year. I pay attention to the airlines. Despite rising costs, putting pressure on the airlines, strong travel demand helped its revenue and profit grow. That feels good to me. Strong travel demand is the phrase that I like. Now, the stock has been a consistent performer, making it a win for those who've invested it in it for 10 years. A $1,000 investment in 2009 would be $6,600 today. A total return of 570%. Um... I think that's worthy of note. You don't hear me talk about day trading and hitting home runs and I can do it. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to, you know, dig deep into data and find information that's kind of going to be intriguing. But also a 570% return in 10 years isn't shabby. And it's had periods where it's underperformed. Back in 2016, you might have panicked when it went from about 55 down to 40. And you might have said, you know, this is too much for me. I get it. But that's why I do this show. I want you to think long term. I still own shares of Apple. I don't think it's going to be my outperformer. And yet this year, guess what? It's my outperformer this year. Do you see where I'm going with this? Macro matters are keeping our eye on the future right now. Earnings driven rally on Tuesday has cooled down a bit. Bank of America had a nice headline this morning on revenue was about sideways, but profit was up. Regional banks, U.S. Bank, Co-America, PNC Financial, all have surpassed earnings expectations. So corporate America is not drunk out there. Oh, did you see what the president said? I'm going to drink all day. Corporate America is not drunk. They're not getting that depressed. They're, They're managing their business. Third quarter reporting period won't be different. Then last quarter, in the end, it is all about earnings. Um, there are some reduced expectations heading into this earnings period as we're starting to think, oh, retail sales are slowing down. Therefore, China, therefore, corporate America, therefore, earning, therefore, people get fired. So there's kind of a, a front running of this and we've kind of lowered the expectations. Third quarter earnings are expected to be down 4.6% year over year. So when you see a company like Delta, who's kind of boring, they're in the bus business of pushing people around, just so happens their buses can fly. But when you see them beat on revenue and beat on earnings, and earnings are expected to be down for the group, down 4.6%, you kind of go, okay, that's a flag. And you don't play with just one flag. You got to collect many, many, many flags before you fall in love. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial.
0: Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
1: KDOW. Retail sales came out this morning. And let's just put it this way. Can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. <sighs> Retail sales fell for the first time in seven months. That makes me scared. You say a boogeyman? No. Makes me scared that there's a slowdown in the American manufacturing bleeding over to the consumer side.
0: That's terrible.
1: Ah. Oh. <sighs> How many beers morning will it be? <laughs> How many beers do you think I can drink during the show? Dilly, we dilly should have a contest. Dilly dilly. dilly dilly. Um This is retail sales being weak for one month out of eight is in no minds no means conclusive. It's in no one's mind that it's conclusive. No one's thinking that. You do kind of see a waiver though. And it brings up a little more concern. And I'm starting to think, okay, if people, if retail sales were a little bit down, why did I go out and spend so much money? Maybe I shouldn't. And the next thing you know, I'm not spending as much money. Auto sales fell almost 1% in September. That's the most in eight months. Receipts at gas stations fell 7 tenths of a percent, which probably reflects cheaper gasoline as we switch to seasons versus less demand. But if I saw gasoline prices surge last month and prices fell, I'd go, huh, something not right there. If you take out automobiles, gasoline, building materials and food services, retail sales were little changed. That's called a core figure. Consumption comprises about 66% of the United States GDP activity. Did I say that right? United States GDP activity. Yes. Increased at about a 4.6% annual rate in the second quarter. It was the most in one and a half years. The strength of the consumer has given President Donald Trump a lot of leverage. As he protracts the trade war with China, he's able to say, look, 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 we got great employment. Look, 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 our economy is doing great. So now we've seen some manufacturing weakness. We've seen some auto weakness. We've seen some retail sales weakness. And we look back at the backdrop of the second quarter, where it was strong, and we're starting to see some weakness. Typically, takes about six months. You don't know you're in a recession until you're in a recession. But this is not the right way to be going. Receipts at clothing stores rose 1.3 percent. Furniture stores rose six tenths of a percent. Restaurants and bars nominal. But it was a, it was a good showing, all all the same. All the same. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Earnings season, it means different things to different companies. I've already talked about Delta's earnings. Um, I've talked about Bank of America. One company that I'm going to be fascinated to watch, and I hope you as well, Tesla. Don't care about their delivery. Care about their cash at this point in time. Don't care about their new cars. I care about their cash at this point in time. Um, if you take out the bottom and the, the lowest scores or the bottom and the lowest estimates, Tesla is expected to lose a lot of money. And again, they don't have a lot of money. And the way they get a lot of money now is to go to the stock market and say, look, we have this genius Elon Musk. A couple of years ago, that's all they needed to do. Now they're like, look, we have this guy who tends to tweet a lot, Elon Musk. And Tesla, no doubt about it, they're an electric vehicle pioneer. Investors will want to see a lot less dependency on getting more stock, cutting their shareholders' value to fuel their growth versus they they want to see earnings at some point in time. Um, I see price targets on it. $190. This was a stock that could do no wrong at one point in time. It's down 22% year to date. As we start moving towards October, November, December, a lot of people who've owned the stock this year will sell it and take a tax loss. You can do some stock manipulation of your losers and your winners to kind of offset the capital gains taxes you pay on your winners. Tesla stock is flat compared with a 10% gain of the Dow but they're down 22% for the year compared with a 16% gain in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So year to date, year over year. You might remember that uh, the markets had a rough October, November, December last year to close out 2018. Hmm. One of the more positive stories of note these days is I think this is positive. Although I don't see a lot of action yet, but there's a lot of action going on, is generation of electricity. It's the largest single contributor to the carbon emissions that are warming the planet. It accounts for 42% of global emissions. That share is likely to grow as transportation increasingly is powered by batteries instead of oil. As countries announce ambitious plans to wean their economies off fossil fuels, they have to figure out how to generate electricity. In the IREA, the International Renewable Energy Agency. I know you're saying, that's a mouthful. IRENA, for short. Um, 86% of electricity can be generated with renewables by 2050. Sweet. I'd like to see a president say, let's make that goal 2025, 2030. Do you remember how Kennedy kind of got elected on the whole, I want to put a man on the moon? And there's this big push to get the man on the moon. I think there's a TV series coming out that basically implies Russia got the man on the moon before we did and how it changed the world. We need kind of initiative here in the United States. We need something to rally around. Um, as positive as to see that. So. Because it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's the consensus. Take a look at the stock market. What are we having here today? We have the market a little lower relative weakness and tech names maybe a little hangover from the debate last night. Uh, There was a lot of talk last night about how do you break up uh, the 21st century monsters, Facebook, Google's alphabet. Did I say Facebook? Apple. What's the plan? Um, And Amazon, which I keep forgetting is not a Bay Area company. So I'm writing my script for television. I was like... Andrew Yang was kind of cool last night in the debates. He's the tech titan entrepreneur person who's from the Bay Area. And uh, when Elizabeth Warren went after breaking up Facebook, Amazon, Alphabet, it's Google, he said that's a 20th century solution to a 21st century problem. I mostly agree with that. Elsewhere in the debate last year, the Medicare for All was talked about. And that would be positive... From the insurance company's perspective, United Health Group, UNH, Cigna, Humana, HUM, Molina Healthcare, MOH, right there on a five fingered hand, thumb's not a finger, right? Thumb's not considered a finger, or is it now considered a finger? Right. So if I had five fingers and a thumb, I can count on one hand how many healthcare companies i could think of and yet i could probably say if you have a job you're probably working with united health group anthem cigna humana or melina healthcare now economic populism is alive and well right now populism meaning trump will say things like we need to make america great again that's a popular theory thought right it goes back to your childhood when your daddy was listening to Bruce Springsteen and he shed a tear, because he was pro USA, USA, USA. And it's kind of interesting because uh, I wonder what my dad would think about companies like Nike who outsource so much of their business to Asia or Apple. I wonder if he'd be proud of the American corporate CEO who has torn down walls and gotten things produced in foreign countries. Or if you'd say those are American jobs going overseas, I think my dad would be in that camp. But the Medicare for all, very populist um, thing to talk about. Um, a lot of European countries, this was pointed out last night, had dropped a wealth tax as unworkable. Uh, a lot of people like value added tax, which is a highly regressive levy to pay for agendas on healthcare. There's no right answers. The one thing that I learned a long time ago is there's no right answers in the world. There's just compromises. I kind of agree with that in politics. Workday's having a tough day. Down 11%. It's one of those companies that IPO did in the last few years. And it's one of the reasons, if you can't take an 11% bath it's one of the reasons you stay away from companies that are new to the public, because they haven't really been trading around. Privately, everyone's been telling them, oh, you're worth a lot of money, you're worth a lot of money, you're worth a lot of money. And they go public, and that, that value is decided every day by the stock market, what people are willing to pay and to buy and people willing to sell. Um, 11% IPO drop, you know, it's for a lot of people, that's too much. I know you better than you think I know you, having done this for such a long time in the air chair. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up. You can learn more about it at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.
0: Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
1: KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. I'm edging closer and closer to retirement. I think you are too. As you get older, you... Start seeing your friends post pictures of their kids who are turning 18, and uh, I'm on Instagram, I don't post on Instagram, but I'm on Instagram, so I literally look at other people's pictures, which is kind of uncool. <laughs> but uh, a family member, her kid, she posted a picture of, and he t- just turned 17 or pushing 18, getting ready to go to college because he couldn't, he wasn't a good student, so he's going to college and Spain, which just is fascinating in and of itself. And uh, she goes, where does the time go? And I, I think there's a good question on that, right? 800 516 when it comes to investing, you're going to regret not doing more in your 20s. That is unmistakable, in my opinion. Um, that's just going to happen. I regret not starting earlier, and I started at 18, I regret not doing more. I did the best I could, but in truth, if I were to go back in time, I bet I could find a little bit more money and be a little bit better at where it goes and when it goes and how much I... Did I really need front row? Would fifth row have been good enough kind of thing? I know you're saying, you live a privileged life. Like, trust me, I feel that. So... to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I think it's going to be the biggest regret for people is not doing more sooner. Um, Let's take that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, taking a look at the markets today, retail sales unexpectedly declined in September, piecing that together a little bit closer. Second quarter had really good retail sales numbers. Third quarter of the first month, um, not so good, kind of sideways this month, kind of down. So the third quarter is looking to see a drop in spending. That's not what you want right before the holidays when the bulk of shopping comes. Maybe you have the opinion, ah, we'll just we'll probably shop then. You know, we, it's it's inevitable. It's kind of like the uh, baby boomers and the millennials. Baby boomers are eventually going to retire; it's going to be a drain on the system. And millennials will eventually have that call to have a baby or not. We've always had that. Oh, my twenties are fun. I'm traveling. It's all about me, me, me. Learning to love, learning to passion. And then your 30s are all about like, oh, I can't burn like I used to burn. So I got to go a little bit slower. And eventually go, maybe it's time to settle down. And I do. I don't want to grow old without seeing a young version of me. Probably the most selfish thing we could do is want the, the child to look like us, right? Anyhow, big banks are feeling Silicon Valley's pain right now. That's a headline that's out there. And Silicon Valley is kind of unique if you haven't figured that out. Got a lot of lot of um, tech companies, right? And a lot of IPOs and some of the big Wall Street companies like Goldman Sachs invested in companies like Uber, and they got in relatively late. And the We company, WeWork, which is fantastic, because it's just awful. Uh, what's happened to that CEO is you feel bad for him on the PR side. But then you're like, he's got eight hundred, nine hundred million dollars. Oh, he's not gonna be a multi billionaire a couple times over. And he's just a weirdo. I'm mean, it's my personal opinion, don't sue me. I just I haven't liked his image in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, his wife was big at the company, I don't like husband and wives working together. I don't know why, I'm just old school like that. I am sure there's cases where it works really well, but she would, you know, fire people if she didn't like their vibe. I'm like, I wonder if I'd be fired for a bad vibe, or do I? What's my vibe? So the employees are starting to turn on the founders, essentially saying, "You know, we worked our hardest for you, and when push came to shove, it didn't, which you promised to deliver." So Goldman Sachs they said that their mark-to-market accounting uh, they took a big bath on Uber, Vantor, and TradeLab. So some of these IPOs that have been coming out are hurting the bigger companies, of which brings that thought. We like the innovation in the Bay Area, but at what expense? At what point in time does Goldman Sachs say, we lost $80 million on the WeWork investment. We don't want to do that again. WeWork hired a lot of people in the Bay Area. CEO of WeWork, uh, Adam Newman. Uh, went out and borrowed money and lent it to friends and borrowed money and bought houses and things along those lines. I mean, it helped the economic activity. Do you think the realtor who sold him a house is going to go, sorry, your IPO didn't work out. Here's your your commission back. Probably not. So big banks right now, the Goldman Sachs, the, the guys who help companies come public, who have an army of brokers, which I'm starting to question. With trades going to zero... Are the companies that have armies of brokers and wealth managers? What's their shift going to be? More services, of course. But will they lose the ability to place young companies in the hands of people with money? You know, the Goldman Sachs used to have kind of a kind of a golden swag to it. Of when you worked with them, you got in on some of their IPOs that they helped bring public. But with free trading, I don't know. I don't think you really have to take big bets. And I think a lot of people are starting to learn that IPOs don't always work out the way we want them to. But I think that's bad news for the Bay Area. When you see Goldman Sachs lose $88, $80 million, the next company that comes out of the Bay Area may not get that money. And again, I'm not feeling bad for Goldman Sachs. I'm feeling bad for the reaction in the process is that they would probably be wise to show a little bit more um, patience with Throwing all their money, and you make silly money on the way up, and you get burned with an eighty million dollar loss. And you try to cut that loss and stop it from like becoming epidemic. It'll be interesting to watch in the next couple of years in IPOs. We work really blew up. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.